Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscelis Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey y'all, so today we are talking about loving the church even when she's bugging. And today we'll be talking with Tiffany Bloom, who is the author of Pray Tell, Never Alone, and She Dreams, and is a podcast co-host of Why Though. She speaks at conferences, colleges, and churches, and her work has been featured in Publishers Weekly, Sojourners, Red Letters Christians, the YouVersion Bible app, Jenny McCarthy Show, and more. She serves at the intersection of justice and culture, humor, and faith, and she lives in the PNW with her husband and her two sons. All right, y'all. So we have Tiffany here. I just introduced her. So y'all know her. And if you're not following her Instagram, if you're not on her email list, not sure what you're doing. Also, if you haven't read her book, not sure what you're doing. Um, I think it's, it's, what is it? A year, a year and a half. It's been a year and a half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That came out (laughs) and just still very much important, still so relevant. Um, And if y'all want to know more about that, definitely check out that book. Um, and we'll t- be talking a little bit about that today, but we're talking about what it looks like to love a church when she's bugging, right? Um, and if you don't know what bugging means, <laughs> bugging means just, you know, maybe just not doing what she's called, what she was formed and created and purposely called to do um, when Jesus said, I'm going to start the church with Peter, right? Um, and you know, this has, I think this, we're not in a time in history that this has never happened before. Like the church has been bugging, right? And has right. had different seasons and times throughout the centuries of this. Um, but we live in this time, right? And so we're addressing what is occurring now. Um, and, you know, my mission always is to direct people back to loving the church and to, even in her dysfunctionality and, and mess, to love her well um, and to understand that she is us. We are her, right? That yeah. um, Christ is loving her well and that he's not abandoned us. And so we don't, ha- we don't, we get to also not abandon her while um, holding her accountable and kind of trying to understand how to love her well in the midst of all this. So, like I was just saying, the church is in a state of, I would say, danger, you know? kind of like that word um, may feel intense, but I I feel that that's the word that is in a state of danger. So many scandals coming out more and more abuse cases um, being revealed. And this is also things we only know of, right? That means I'm sure there's a higher percentage of things we don't know of. So the things that we know of, um, right, is occurring. And so what do you feel, what do we do with this understanding, with this information as Christians who want to love and believe in the church that like, it just feels like every week, every day, all the time, there's more and more things coming out that just would give us enough reason, I would say, or even evidence to not love the church. Yeah. I think first don't give up. It is too easy to walk away, but you said it so perfectly, Pre. we are the church. So we cannot walk away from our arm or our foot or our ear because we are embodied as a person. We're embodied as a community of believers. So to first understand that this is our problem to solve and where you'll find people, you'll find sin and you will find poor choices and you will find corrupt nature because that's how we do. And when we think about these things that we're seeing all the time in churches, I think we need to remember that good people are capable of bad things. And we don't want to believe that because the reality is before we see it on CNN or on Christianity Today, I mean, even just in the last three days, we've seen a very popular leader um, step down for an indefinite period of time um, in Texas. And you're thinking, man, this is this is touching everyone and 
Nobody is immune. And that's the truth is nobody is immune. So I think first we need to remember, nobody is immune from corruption. Nobody is immune from poor choices. And then I think secondly, we have to understand how narcissism and a hierarchy has been created in the church in such a way that will create environments where this stuff goes down. When we elevate narcissism as leadership qualities, rather than uh, honor the virtues that got a person of leadership to where they were in the first place, we're really in trouble because they shed the goodness and the grace and the fruit of the spirit that got them to a place of platform in the first place. And they start to develop these, you can't touch me, I am the word of God, I am the man for the hour. And that idea that you're untouchable in my estimation and in my research is really a sticking point because from that we see that it's okay to hide. I don't need accountability. And when someone at the top has that rhetoric, you're going to see that play out in the pews. No, that's so important. I think, um, you know, a few people came up for me and um, I know like we all feel this way, right? I I think for me a few years ago, um, I know Robbie Zacharias is a very heavy topic for people. um, But when that happened, I was in actual utter like shock because I also had spent that whole summer like watching his YouTube videos and learning from him and all these different things mm-hmm. um but then I remember Ashley had shared like a little bit after that about about that right like that no one is no one can is like protected of this yeah. but as a body we can create protective factors right we yeah. can create protective um uh, structures I know for me and my husband we're searching for a church right now we had been visiting one and we had a conversation with the pastor and one of our questions was do you have elders you know do you have eldership I know that's a, maybe a silly question people think to like of course they do but not every church has that right because like mm-hmm. It just like a nonprofit has a board, like a church should have elders, right? Um, questions like literally ask, like, what are your policies and procedures around spiritual abuse? What are your structures around accountability? What are your structures around not having burnout for people that like are at your church? Like all these different things we have every right to ask about, right? And I Come think on. it's on. just maybe we don't consider, maybe we feel that we're going to be evasive. But no, like that's that's not it. Like it's actually just being informed. But also maybe if you end up not even going to that church, you have placed certain questions in the mind of that person. You're like, wow, do we have a structure in place? Do we have something like this in place? Um, because then we, like you said, I love that you said it's a problem for us to solve, right? It's yeah. not an over there problem. The atheists aren't going to solve it, right? Other religions aren't going to solve it. It is it is within the body. When your when your finger is broken, it is your responsibility to make sure it gets better. You go to the doctor, you yep. get medicine, you get all the things in order for your finger to get get better. You don't like say like, well, some someone's gonna figure it out, right? <laughs> A baby would, like my son. That's the case. Yeah. But we are all grown Christian adults. Yeah. Right? This is We're grown, grown, grown. <laughs> Even though we don't always act like it, right? But we grown. <laughs> so so as the body, then our foundation and our approach um, gets to be scripture, right? And so what do you feel the Bible says about the church and how it actually should be and how it actually should run? I know so much of Acts tells us that. And I think we've come from, we come to a place that we just think churches should run the way we see good churches, like healthy churches have run. It's like our, our, our example shouldn't be other churches. Our example should be scripture. So what do you, yeah, what are like scriptures? or Yeah, two things to come two things come to mind. First of all, in modern day America, we see churches ran as businesses. We see them having a corporate model. We see the mega church. We see all of that. And so we are expecting, just like you said, what the church down the street is doing. But if you look at the early church, if you look at Acts, there was multiple expressions 
of Christendom. There's multiple expressions of the gospel. And so we have to make room for creative expression in a way that still has accountability, in a way that still has deacons and elders and honesty. And again, accountability is going to be the through theme here. <laughs> um, because that's how she bugs because she's not accountable. Um, she be talking to people late at night. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't be doing this say is number one, we need to be okay if it's not what it's been before. And we need to understand that this corporate model we've used is part of the problem free. It is why we've gotten ourselves in the situation we have. We've turned our senior pastors into CEOs and we've turned our elders into yes men and we've turned everyone else into free labor. We have created a really toxic system that's built on the best marketing and the coolest music. And that is not what's needed. We need satisfying, safe, healthy, reciprocal relationships where we are growing in our faith and sharing lives and enduring and thriving and even surviving with one another. That doesn't always need to look a certain corporate way or the way we've done it in the past. Now, here's the thing. If we have had an emotional connection with the Lord, I really want to circle back to what you said about Robbie here. When we have had a, a moment of growth or, or an emotional connection at someone else's behest or because of their ministry or their moment or their platform, it is even more difficult to believe that they would be capable of foul play because in our mind, there has been a positive engagement and there's no way in our mind that they are also capable of these bad things. It's called the halo effect where we will really have a hard time removing that halo from people, psychologists call it, because we've had that positive uh, engagement and encounter. And we don't want to believe we're wrong because when the mind makes up its mind, we don't want to switch. We have, we're, we're very um, uh, predictable creatures in that sense. So it really takes a lot of work to reimagine what health and, and even changing of the guard of old leaders who no longer are fit to serve in ministry for them to step away and for us to have fresh creative expressions rooted in accountability and committed to the gospel. Yeah. Wow. I think, um, I actually thank you for that because I actually talk about that a lot in the sense of like people, um, who like maybe if I've shared my story or someone else, I know share their story and they're like shocked, but shocked to the extent of like, I almost don't believe you <laughs> because mm. like they have been nice to me. They have been kind to me. They have poured into me. Um, and that's something we have to really like wrestle with. But also I think the very first thought should be, I believe you. Like it, mm -hmm. it actually shouldn't be in hesitation. Right. So for example, when that did happen with, I actually, I think because I've experienced certain things, I, I was, I immediately believed it. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I believe, you know, he, right. my man's taught me that's great, but I believe it. <laughs> I believe it hundred percent. Right. Um, and that was before like the report came out and then I was like, okay, even more proof. Um, but I, I, be I believe the person when they say yeah. it, because I also think of myself there. I live in New York, y'all people on the train would not tell you that they know the nice version of Priscilla's, right? Like it's just, it's not the same thing. <laughs> And Lord help me, you know, I'm growing, right? But <laughs> it's really in, in understanding, like, there are so many people that act and um, 
do certain things in very specific situations and scenarios. And yes, we should be all the same all the time. But if we really admit to ourselves, like, yeah, we can sometimes behave differently in some places. So that's yeah. why I think we have to like remember, like, so yes, yes, that could be something that that person could potentially do. So let's believe yes. the person who is claiming it first, and then perhaps an investigation can be in order. Um, and yeah. then when you were saying about, you know, the Bible and just like how like the early church, it was like, it's diverse and like worship diverse in um, expression and in structure and how it's and structure and what I mean, like how it was like perhaps running and how it looked. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's the beautiful tapestry of the Bible, right? Like we have, um, I, you know, I was thinking one day, like when I was looking for a church, it's like, I wish they just like, we're all healthy and all the same. And I'm just like, well, they all should be healthy, but if they were all the same, then me and my neighbor would, we would not have the same experience in those places and perhaps not feel as connected or as invested because we, that's why these different expressions get yep. to exist, right? Like the church I grew up in was super Dominican, right? And I'm sure mm. I felt very comfortable there because I mean, everybody's Dominican, but I'm sure if someone else came in that wasn't Dominican, I mean, no church should be like super one culture, but someone, if they came in, they would be like, oh, this is maybe not the place for me, right? And that, and honestly, that's why these different churches exist. No place should yeah. be culturally one way, right? But in being able to um, create comforting opportunities for people to yes. like meet Jesus, in the way that they know him and the way that it, they connect with him, right? Like with the church we were visiting, they had bilingual worship and my mom was like really engaged with that. Wow. And I loved that I can go to church with my mom, you know, um, most churches won't have that, even if they are in a predominantly Latino neighborhood, right? So it's really seeing the beauty of like what that looks like, especially now, because when we think about the early church, like it was, and there was diversity around them, but not as much as we have now. Right. And so mm -hmm. now we get to embrace even more like languages and cultures and colors and ages and all this stuff. Like I want to sit next to an 80 year old person. I'm a chop. Not, not everyone next to me, my whole role should be 33 like me. I'm 32, but you know, should be my age. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah. Good. Um, and so if, and cause I know I want, you know, I always want to emphasize, I think people hear the word diversity and they immediately think race. And I'm like, y'all diversity is so much beyond that. Oh, right? Like so much yes, more. It should be racially diverse, but also sometimes you just live in a predominantly certain neighborhood yeah. predominant. and 100%. so like, it is what it is. Yep. You can't change that. Right? It is what it is. But there's other ways to be diverse, Come on. right? Come on. Um, but we have to do that intentionally. We have to be able to acknowledge the power and the beauty of that existing. And I think that that will uh, that does connect to accountability. That does connect to having healthy churches. That does connect um, to not creating like right hierarchies of people. Yeah. And, um, our you know our friend Caitlin Beatty just came out a book celebrates for Jesus, right? And that's yeah. I just started reading it, and I'm just like, oh, this book, <laughs> oh, this book, right? Um, but I think so much of like the church bugging is two parts. It's yes, there are these pastors that perhaps have no accountability, but what about the rest of us? The ones that elevated them there, the ones that yep. gave them that platform, the ones yep. that make, gave them all the following and all the subscribers and all the money, right? We, like you said, it's a whole body problem and we all mm -hmm. have a responsibility um, to take in this. So how do you feel we can contribute to being able to see some sort of change, to see some less bugging and some less problems yeah. for the future. Yeah. Which ties in perfectly to what you just said, because we want to find people like us, but that was the unique identifier of the early church in acts is that it was slave free Jew Gentile. There was nowhere in the ancient world where you could go and have a varied 
uh, group or a varied community. This was the first place where you would be with somebody of a higher caste or of a lower caste, men and women in the same room, children with, um, you know, the rich. And so this is, this was wild. This was wild. This was unlike anything. And this was the Jesus movement in that day and age. No wonder people were drawn to it. You were equal in his presence. You were equal in the early church. And how do we engage that today? It's still having not only, you said it, diversity, but equality. There has to be equity. If it is a diverse people group, but it is still a white staff, we have a problem for We still have one way of thinking. We still perhaps have a colonial way of thinking, a mass corporate, this is my way or the highway hierarchy way of thinking. So this is still wrong. Until there is equitability at the top, we are going to continue to run into these issues. And until we are going to refuse to lean in to the ways of the world in the ways of, I mean, Caitlin kind of talks about this, but the mass marketing, when she talked, uh, for those who haven't read yet, I encourage you to pick it up, but she talks about, you know, the rise of the celebrity pastor and the rise of how we supported these people. It's because they used the ways of media, of newspapers, of radio, um, cable television. And now in our modern day, that would be social media. And so when you see that this was the focus, rather than the ordinary faithful, those in your actual neighborhood, the ordinary focus, because that's harder. Pre, it's easy for us to be disconnected and give our money and praise and be like, I'm committed to believing that you are not defrauding this place or defrauding me. I'm committed to believing that you're good rather than engaging shoulder to shoulder and getting to know somebody because it's more costly for us. That's why we don't do it. So moving forward, we have to be willing to engage and roll up our sleeves and do the work of, again, embodying what it means to be gospel-centered people in a sin-soaked world, in a place where everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody has an idea of what's right. But for us to bow and listen and learn from one another as we seek Christ is really is really the answer. It is not disconnection. It is engagement. It is vulnerability. Vulnerability doesn't mean just sharing the shameful moments. It means sharing the highs and the lows. You got a promotion. I'm bringing a lasagna. You are going through the hardest moment of your life. I'm bringing a lasagna. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. is the everyday. It's ordinary. It's not very sexy. And this Mm -hmm. is what the gospel lived out in our neighborhood is, is really needed. And if we see the church bugging, we hold her to accountability. We not only root out the people at the top, but we understand the structure that got us there. And the process is part of the problem, if not most of the problem. And if we don't change the structure, I saw yesterday, Angie Hong, I encourage um, listeners, if you haven't checked out her work, uh, she's incredible. She writes for the Atlantic. She is a worship leader. She is a woman of color leading in the faith and justice space. And she talked about how so often when we see uh, misconduct of any form in churches, we will often remove a senior leader and replace him with a yet developed, but same kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then the cycle will continue. And how true that is, we will find a similar person to fit that charismatic, look at me, give your money, follow me. This is how it's happening. Be a part of something great. And guess what? It's tapping into something good because we all want to be a part of something great. We all want to engage in something beautiful and wholly bigger than ourselves. But if we can do that and understand that that's not uh, a disconnected act, it is an embodied act where we are showing up emotionally, relationally, socially, and financially, I think we're going to get a little closer to what this is all about that's really good I think um when I think about that I think about because sometimes what I've heard some people say is like well it doesn't matter like 
um, if you change the leader or whatever, like things are not going to change or like um, it's more so about like every everybody else. But the thing is, everybody else is affected by those people. I think about um, our church, the first church I worked for a few years ago. I was not like you would not recognize that for Sally's because that's it was not me. I was a replica of my pastors, of leaders, because they infiltrate, they they indoctrinated this way of being a leader, this way of ministering to people that then later, I mean, I've repented of that, like that was not the way, that's not, I don't think, approach, right? But it had such power that it then made the staff then under that our leaders and it just kept going to trickling down so then in the everyday of like these relationships right um of like hey let's be in each other's lives let's have like lasagna oh it's a really hard moment i would address people um whether it was really good moments to, ce- um, to celebrate or sorrowful the way i was like taught by them and it was not biblical it was just like this is the way we do things and we do ministry um and when i look back i'm just like wow like that was a bit of part of the problem right so it has so much to, so much to do with culture and all these different things um and i think um i would add to that too in for me i know i especially get very weary um when i hear about news or see another scandal or something like that um you know like we talked about earlier this week there's something that found out and so i'm very careful and mindful of what i consume around that thing right so i'm not necessarily maybe like going to Instagram to find out about it. Like I went to the news, I, I went to Christianity Today and it also came out in New York Times. I read on it, but I did not go rehear his um, departure sermon. I didn't go into all of that because I also know where like my heart and mind are at. And so we have That's to be right. so aware because yep. to, to love the church when she's bugging is to still stay hopeful in Christ in her. And we can't stay hopeful if we have all the information because all the information is going to mess with our hearts and our minds, right? We don't need to know. That's honestly, that's gossip. If you're trying to find out all the information, right? Like find out what you feel like you need to know and mm-hmm. pray and take care of yourself, right? But to make it that you are have to investigate all of it, like is it, unless it's directly connected to you, like it really is gonna affect your hope and your love for the church. Um, and then, like I said before, have your questions, like to ask your yeah. pastors questions and to ask people questions yeah. is not a wrong thing. You don't have to feel nope. make it tr- treat it like an interview. You don't have to treat it like a, you know, some sort of investigation, but just ask questions. I know um, a few people have reached out to me after our, leaving our last church and they've wanted to ask questions. And I just said, hey, I think you should ask your pastor these questions. Um, because yeah. I'm not there anymore and I'm just not interested. I don't think it's my place to, to speak for him. Um, so go speak to him. And, and if he doesn't answer, that tells you, that tells you what you need to know, but go, yeah. go ask. Right. Um, and so I think people that, but that's part of the hierarchy and celebrity thing. It's just like, well, I'll go to someone that is more easy or approachable to talk to, yeah. but not actually my pastor. <laughs> That so, power imbalance, we're creating that, we we yeah. are contributing to that power imbalance. You're proving that point so perfectly. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to go. And I mean, I'm so type A, I'm like, this is an interview. I need to know this. How do you feel about women? Tell me about your board. Are there women on your board? Who mm-hmm. who who else is responsible if these board are all yes men and mm-hmm. you get away with robbery? Like what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Because no, that's we deserve to know because yeah. we, again, are the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have your questions ready and that's okay. Um, but I think the priority is love her, 
Um, think yeah. about, you know, uh, and have boundaries, right? Think about your crazy yeah. um, cousin who you love and you're like, sis, but we need some boundaries, right? Like, or just yeah. like, yeah. have the boundaries you need to have, but love, um, love the church well, because God made her with such purpose. And there are so many faithful, healthy churches out there that you will never know. They don't have an Instagram account. They're on your block, right? And so really like remembering to stay hopeful and knowing that those exist, that there are people that are faithful that do exist. Um, and and to just not make anyone your God, that that likely your yeah. favorite person yeah. might fail at some point. So, and it's not to be pessimistic, it's just to kind of like have the understanding that no one is God, but God, right? Um, Come so on. thank you so much, Tiffany. I, I really appreciate how you talk about this and how you minister to people. And I know, you know, being able to come from voices, also women of color within the uh, very white angelical world, we love our white brothers and sisters, but also that has so <laughs> yes, much do. to do with, um, you know, a lot of the things that are going on. And so um, I hope that people can feel encouraged um, but also just ignited to like stay being being willing to be a part of fixing the problem versus That's just right. like leaving it as it is. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of work to be done. And I think uh, as as men and women of color and women of color in particular, we haven't we are the least likely to have a space at the table. Mm-hmm. And Danielle Strickland recently said um, t- on why, though, a uh, podcast like a host said that women, especially even women of color, are uniquely positioned at this moment in history because the new expressions and ways of doing church are rooted in hospitality. Mm. They're rooted in connection. They're rooted in safe spaces. And that is what we have been experts at. Yep. And it's our time. And this is this is the next wave. We are leading forward. We're leading the church and it's our moment. So I'm excited yes. to see what the Lord has and know if you're listening or watching or however you access pre on a regular basis that feel goodness and just as pre said there's a million churches who are staying faithful and aren't on front street aren't on the new york times and let's let's look for the honest beautiful holy ordinary sacred stick with it steadfast way of jesus mm-hmm. um in our place and space amen, amen. If you are someone who has been wounded by the church, we have a resource, free resource for you um, on our website, wearefullcollective.com, where it's a healing guide for your healing journey if you're churchless or just have been hurt by the church. And if you're someone who has not been wounded by the church, but you want to serve those who have been wounded well, there's a guide for you as well on different ways on how you can serve the wounded um, that perhaps surround you or the ones, the friends that you have that have been wounded or hurt by the church. So go check that out. Also, we have our very new compassion and conversations course which talks to you and walks you through seven different kinds of topics when it comes to compassionate conversations with folks in areas when it comes to lgbtq plus to people who have different biblical perspectives than you to people in different religions to those who've been wounded by the church and this is so related to this topic because when we think about why the church is bugging in many ways it's about communications in many ways it's about our differentiation and our division over our unity so make sure you go check that out Use the promo code COURSE in all capital letters to get 20% off. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. 
Meet us next time for another episode. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram, following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.